0: Was the kiss that awoke my heart And it lingers still, though we're far apart A taste of honey, tasty much sweeter than wine I will return, I'll come back, you'll come back for the honey, for the honey, and you.
1: Thanks, Vince. That's fun. Well, we're gonna have a little honey meditation here in just a moment. That's why uh, um, Vince was helping us sort of get our hearts ready for that. I I realize sometimes I don't introduce myself because I know know, I'm here quite a bit. Um, But now there's this new component to our gathering together, which is folks watching on Facebook. And so there's probably always new folks doing that. So we're we're glad you're here. I'm Carl. I'm usually here once a month. And my job is to make you appreciate Peter, who's not here, so that's what I do. I'm here, and then you go, wow, next week we'll have Peter again, so that's good. Um, I also wanted to say that, and just to remind you that I, I tend to be a little more interactive sometimes than Peter, and just to remind you that while I'm hoping you might want to be brave, and I, that can be difficult, and just, just so you know that there are people also watching on Facebook. So. You'll have to judge your level of risk knowing that you could become viral. Okay, so just know that. All right. I, um, hey, if, if, if I could get a few people to help me. Here, um, we're going to pass out these little spoons at ushers or somebody. We just need to, and here's what I'd like for you to do. Um, yeah, if you just grab one, pass them around. I'll take one. What I... What this, this is, it looks a little weird. It's honey, but it's spun honey. That's why it's white. And I picked spun honey because I, I did not want to make a mess and, and lose my once a month job. Okay? So it's, it's spun honey. So it's fresh. It's a fresh spoon. It was, everything was clean. There hasn't been any double dipping. This was not been in my closet for a couple of years. Um, but hang on, hang on to the honey for just a moment. We're going to do this together. If you've already eaten it, that's okay. No shame. But I want you to wait. I should have said that earlier. I know you're excited. It's not often you get a treat at church. All right. Here's what I want you to do. In in a moment, I'm going to have us, I called this a honey meditation. I'm going to have us be quiet. I'd invite you, if you would like, to close your eyes, if that's helpful to you. And I want you to just to pay attention. That's all, that's all a meditation is, is to pay attention. What, what do I feel? What do I taste? What do I experience? All right. So does everybody that needs one have one? Okay. Thanks for your help. I appreciate that. All right. So I'm going to invite you to close your eyes and taste your honey. Okay. Any feedback? Anything pop out? Yummy. Sweet? Okay, good. How many like sweet? That's something you like, yeah. I've heard that one of the reasons we like sweet is there's nothing, um, there's nothing poisonous in the natural world that is sweet. I don't know if that's true, you can Google me, but that's one of the things I've heard why humans like sweet. What else? Lingering. 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 So it kind of stayed with you? Nice. Pleasant? Was it is it nice for you? Okay. Anybody have a bad reaction? Anybody go no no, no I don't like that? That's not good. Okay? Not a honey person? Okay. <laughs> We're not going to stare. Okay? We're not going to shame you. That's okay. I love that you're owning I love that. That is really brave. Thank you for doing that. I could have po- she, What she said was, I could have poisoned everyone in one swoop. That, that really speaks. I'm going to meditate on that for a, a long time on what would prompt that. But um, how many of you, when you tasted it, wanted more? There's always going to be a percentage of us that that's going to be true. And I could have chosen different items from my hunches. I could have triggered in, in you, depending on who you are, that need to want to have more. I would pay attention to that feeling. Uh, my friend Glenn, who runs all the AV stuff and sound and all that, Glenn is really passionate about honey, and he sent me, we were talking about, the, he sent me a list of the 20 unique properties about honey, and out of that I picked, I picked several I thought were interesting. One, honey is the only complete food, or the most complete food in the world, in terms it has the most complete, in terms of minerals and all kinds of the good stuff. You could almost, I guess, live just on honey. It's the only food that's quite like that. It's really good for digestion, it's an antioxidant. It will. We'll, and now this one, I think everybody's probably familiar with. If you eat local honey, that it can really cu- it can help cure your allergies because of the pollen. You're kind of getting little, little doses of it at a time. You can put it on a wound. In ancient times, it would heal wounds. In that list, it said that it was a good acne and exfoliant. That one I question, just to be honest with you. I, I just I have a hard time envisioning smearing honey on my face and that being helpful. But honey is, is, is good. And almost everywhere in the Bible, it, 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 it relates as a, as a metaphor for something. It, it's a story about, about abundance, uh, the, the land flowing with milk and honey. But honey… As you can imagine you know thousands of years ago was was a very rare treat something this sweet they didn't have refined sugar like we have so for us this experience was is just pleasant isn't a once in a lifetime experience but honey was very very was kind of rare and very expensive there's a couple of verses. Throw the, the Proverbs 24 verse up there, real quick, uh, Glenn. So, if you have found. Oh, no, no. That's the, that's the second one. That's the 25 one. Do Proverbs 24 first. Ah, my son, eat honey, for it is good, and the drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to your taste. Yes. I, I suppose daughter would be okay in that, too, but Proverbs was written to Solomon's son. That's kind of what the context was. Read it. Let's do the next one. This is going to be our verse for the day. The next one is the Proverbs 25, verses 16. And we're going, to, we're going to camp in this verse. It's going to seem strange, but hopefully it'll make sense. If you have found honey, eat only enough for you. Well, Different translations will translate this differently, but the, the essence is the same. Basically, it goes, if you find honey which, again, is this rare and an amazing experience for some maybe a a once-in-a-lifetime. I don't know the context exactly, but if you find it, just take a little bit, because here's the part B of that same verse, lest you have your fill of it and vomit. Now that makes you want to, you know, there's certain Bible verses that, we, that you, you find, you know, in cross-stitch and hanging above the fireplace, <laughs> you know, that just kind of warm you. I, I, I dare you, I dare you for, for Christmas to be passing out cross-stitch presents of lest you have your fill of it and, and vomit. Really, are our conversation today will be a a, a bit about why this verse has just intrigued me so much. I I will admit it's rare for me to be able to say this and I say this with quite a bit of arrogance and pride. I have been obedient to this verse 100 percent. Like I'm I'm killing it. If if you read the Bible as a list of rules to keep in, in a very literal way, This is one of the few I can go, check, I'm at the top, baby. I have never once stumbled upon a beehive and eaten so much that I then vomited. And I feel really good about myself. I think that's quite… And as a matter of fact, I think as a community, we can almost all… I'm going to guess, has anybody violated this verse? What I like about this, is this verse is really, even though I'm guessing, I've probably read it many times and never noticed it until about three weeks ago when somehow it stuck and it began to haunt me. And I didn't just blow by it, and it's weird, but I just kept thinking about it. I don't think this verse is simply this um, prescription to moderation. You could be read that way, but I think it's more than that. I think what I like about this verse is it says something about what it means to be human. If we're honest, in one sense, do we really need this? Is this really the same? Like, this is is from the same heart and mouth of of the Father who loves us, who gives us... John 3.16? Is, this is in the same book that we call Holy Scripture, this library, this collection of stories about the loving and pursuing God, and this is found in that? Is it, is it really Holy Scripture? I remember I was eight years old, I believe, and I was at, I was at, I was at Gramps Farm in rural Alabama. Gramps was not really, it wasn't my grandfather. He was my stepmother's stepfather. I have a, my family tree has a lot of weird graphs in it. And um, but Gramps was this marvelous little, very, very simple, very poor, very, very poor country boy. And I was out wandering his fields and I came upon a magic apple tree. It was magic because it was just very tiny green apples. I'm only eight years old. I assumed that's what it grew was tiny green apples. And there was something, I think, about the finding of it and the magic of finding something and, and the secrecy of it, and it was all mine. And, and so I began to eat the magic tiny green apples. And I ate a lot of them as an eight-year-old boy would, right? And, of course, you already know how this story ends. It it ends with the prophetic words of Solomon. Be careful lest you vomit it. But but here's what's interesting. And maybe you have a story in your childhood, most of us do, of where we we ate too much of something, just using that basic, and we ate too much of something and we regretted it. But here's what's fascinating. You would think that would be the end of the story. That we, having had that experience, would never again do exactly the same thing. My wife's, one of my wife's favorite stories is the day we were invited with our small group to go to our friend's house because he was making his special tri-tip barbecue. And I'm an adult. And I have to admit, I've never had barbecue that good. You want to guess how the story goes? And I literally have to excuse myself from the table and go into the bathroom? But the part that my wife loves to tell but cringes is when I came back out, I then announced, I'm ready for dessert. You would think I would have learned, but I didn't. Have you ever even recently had a lying in bed and you just make one of those late night raids and then you in the morning go, I'm never going to do that again? Have you ever had an impulse shopping experience and you deeply regret what you bought and you say to yourself, I'll never do that again? Have you recently or do you remember in your college days when you had a little bit too much to drink on Friday night and you wake up Saturday and go, I'll never do that again. And it's not, it's almost never fulfilled. We make those vows and we never keep those vows. There's something about being human. You see, for a long time throughout history, we've tried to understand what makes us human. Early on, it it was thought that it was simply reason, that we can reason and the rest of creation cannot reason in the way that we can. But we've learned that animals can reason to a certain extent. We we thought maybe it was um, just having emotion early on, but animals have emotion and we thought it was tools. And then we discovered that primates can strip branches and lick them and poke them into ant holes and so they use tools. So it's not tools. It's, and the list has gone on with sociologists and anthropologists and, and whatnot. Here, I'll give you my conjecture. I think it has something to do with worship. Now, I, I'm not saying that creation can't worship, but creation will worship as Jesus said, if we didn't worship the rocks would cry out, but they would cry out to the God. What's interesting is the apex of all of creation, I believe, is the only, only component of all of creation that can worship a false god. And I think this story has the DNA of the human story, that we will give our worship to that which is not God. All humans will at times worship a false god. What I mean by that is something that has been created that I begin to do or experience or give power to in excess. Here's what I'd like for us to do. Just with a one or two word answer, I'd like for you to think of something that is good, but you've noticed that in some people it is taken to an excess and becomes harmful. So think of something that you have noticed that is good in moderation, that is good on the surface, it's good, except when taken to excess or when it is given control or power and it becomes bad. What can you think of? Money, Exercise. exercise, eating, what? Your phone. Oh, I- I- iPhones, phones, yes. Success. Success. What else? Helping people. Helping people. Sweetness. Sweetness. Authority. Work. <laughs> there you go. We could be here for, till eternity. We can name everything that's been created. And for some it is the potential to become an object of worship. This is what's unique. This is why I think the story contains the DNA of the Bible story in that everything is good and everything can become our God. I wrote down a couple. Yoga, CrossFit, therapy, nutrition, mountains, beaches, Alcoholics Anonymous, all good things. And that for some, it becomes the thing that they believe will save them. This is good. And somehow, as a human, I begin to believe that the good can save me. I want to share a couple with you that I've noticed in me. I've noticed these lately. They're good things. One is I've noticed how being understood has begun to dip into an obsession for me. I don't know if you've had that experience. I'm sure you have. Where where you're you're sharing your story and and the the person you're sharing your story with, they they understand what you're saying in a way that is not just confined to the words, but we would call it they get you. And the the, the sense of connection that that brings, the, the intimacy that that can bring, that this person understands me. It's, it's marvelous, it's a marvelous human experience. It, it fosters friendship, it creates connection, the thing that we want. But I don't know if you've ever had then the other experience where you tell your story and what gets reflected back is not what you intended. When, when you're not understood. And I found myself in this season of my life, I, I'm defending myself. I feel like I'm just defending myself all the time. And here's what's what's really scary is, there's nobody actually there. Like it's as I'm driving and as I'm working or when I'm alone, I'm having having this conversation in my head where I'm trying to, I keep trying to tell my story in a way that will make them get it and they're not getting it. and I can't let it go. The other is is being noticed. Another way to say that is just simply Facebook. My wife will often notice, "Hey, baby," she'll just say it this way, "What are you doing?" And she knows exactly what I'm doing. I don't comment a lot, or I, I don't post necessarily a lot. The reason it concerns her is she notices my affect. She can see in my face as I'm reading Facebook that she knows I'm on Facebook. Facebook has been a marvelous tool. I've connected with some people that i had long lost connection with. I've learned about things I would have never known about. And I find myself sometimes obsessively checking it because I hope it will save me. Um, Vince and I had chatted about wanting to create a little different experience so let me tell you how today's going to go. That was the kind of the introduction to prime the pump. Normally we have communion at the end and it's, it, the reason we do that is communion becomes again the apex of our experience together, the one thing we can all do together. It is our common confession. Oh Jesus, will you save me? Yes you will, yes you will, I taste it. The bread, the body, the wine, I taste that you you are saving me. But sometimes I think we enter that in a very, and it's fine, but in a very broad way. So here's what I'd like for us to do is I've kind of been priming this pump about we can give worship to anything and it is part of what it means to be human. We're all in this together, is we're gonna have communion in a moment. But I'd like for our Jesus, will you save me, to be a little more specific today. And it goes like this. I'd like for you to be open to Jesus speaking to you about the thing that he, the good thing, that he may wanna be saved, he may wanna save you from. It's gonna be probably different for different folks. Maybe there's nothing, I don't know. And I want you to be open to the thing that is a good thing that Jesus wants to save you from. Another way to say it is this, what is it that Jesus wants to save you from that you believe will save you, but can't? We're gonna reflect and worship together, and then I'll come up and we'll have communion together. We'll have another experience of worship, responding to God, And then for a very brief time when I come back, those of you that want, I would love to hear the thing that Jesus spoke to you that he wants to save you from, the good thing. Lord, by your Spirit, make us open and make us brave.
0: My eyes are dry, my faith is old, my heart is hard, my prayers are cold and I know how I ought to be alive to you indeed. What can be done for this old heart of mine? Soften it up with oil and wine. The oil is you. Your spirit.
1: now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Our, our time together today is never to, never to make you go, oh, crap. All right, all right. I'm, 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 I'm failing again. It is always to celebrate that we have been saved and we are being saved. So on the night when Christ was betrayed, he, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. He took the cup. The brown is the wine. And he said, this is the covenant of… This is the blood of the new covenant. This is the new deal. And the new deal goes like this. It's, it's not about you. It's not dependent on you. It's not about your effort, your ability. It'd be so easy to read to read the Scriptures as as trying for us to be more disciplined, and that's not the story at all. The story is one of surrender and receiving, and so that's what I invite you to do. I invite you to come and taste that the Lord is good. going to have a little more worship here at the end. And by worship, I mean, I mean some responsive worship as it relates to seeing But before that, I, I'm wondering, anybody hear something that they would like to share? If you would be so kind as to, if you want to share is to you know, be somewhat brief if you can, but speak loudly. Maybe stand or speak enough so that somebody across the room would be able to hear you. And I know he's asking a lot, but what's the good thing that Jesus wants to save you from? Doubt. Doubt? Yeah. Thanks, Ted. Work. Work. Being comfortable. Yeah. Understanding. Understanding. Things fuzzy. Being good. good. Yeah. Staying busy. Yourself. Your own guard? Yeah. Technology. Technology. Yeah. Being, right. Being right? Yeah. All oh, good things. Trying to fit in. Yeah, be normal. <laughs> Too many kids. Pride. Pride. Yeah. Health? Health. Yeah. yeah. Exhaustion, rest. Worldly lies? Yeah. Yeah. Why are exercises like that do I think? Why do I think they're important? Why does it help us as we read the scriptures? is because the scriptures are written to communities. The Bible is both prescriptive, and that's one way to read it often. Don't do this, this will help you. But sometimes the Bible is simply descriptive. It is God expressing what he sees. And then together, we become his tool. No question, even as I say that, I realize community can become for some the thing that will save you. I believe only Jesus can save us. But I think he can often use community in the same way that everything we've expressed, he can use. But we share them out loud together because it, I think it reinforces that we're here together. Let me close real quickly with a couple of reasons why I like this passage. One, it helps me understand some other scriptures. You know, I think one of the the scariest verses in the Bible for those of us who tend to believe the Bible has a a sense of literalness to it, is the one in Thessalonians where Apostle Paul says, to pray without ceasing. I have heard more sermons that I would call the detour around that passage. Why that passage is not saying what we think that passage is saying. And I think that passage is saying exactly what we think it's saying. And here's what is interesting. It's because if we read life in the passage as a task or as a rule to keep, it's overwhelming. But if we see that in the Scriptures, the one thing of which there is no moderation is to worship the Creator, everything I do which is appreciative because almost all those passages are coupled with the word gratitude or thankfulness. Everything I experience in gratitude is in fact worship or prayer, submission to God. I, I, I was thinking about the verse that says, be angry and sin not. And you, like me, probably, when you read that verse, you think of the the more obvious ways in which sin happens when you're angry, saying something that you would regret, or even a, a, a sort of violent physical act. Those are the two ways in which we immediately connect. But this verse has made me think of something that I had never thought of, but I know to be true in me. When I'm angry, I get a lot of milkshakes, and I never thought about be angry and sin not. That when I'm angry, I tend to want to fill that space with something comforting. I wonder if 4,000 years ago it'd be angry, but don't pig out on honey. a couple of ways in which I've experienced that passage. I'm grateful for you and our experience together. I'm going to pray for us that the Spirit would continue to linger as we continue to worship. So Lord, I'm praying whatever out of this weird, obscure words that came, I believe, from your heart for us, that you would make us open to the life that you want to give to us. So we say in our prayer, we are grateful that you are God and you alone are God.
0: Let's stand together and sing, King of my heart, here to close. the king of my heart be the wind inside my sails let me go you're never gonna let never gonna let me
1: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him from the skies. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all the armies of heaven. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, twinkling stars, skies above. Praise him, vapors high above the clouds. Let every created thing give praise to the Lord, including us. Amen.
0: Taste of honey, tastings much sweeter than wine.